and welcome back to Above the Yellow Line, the show where we talk all about the NASCAR Cup Series, and today we're going to talk about the new Atlanta, what you all thought about it, what I thought about it, then we're going to look ahead to Circuit of the Americas, seeing that this will be the redemption weekend it desperately needs to be back on the NASCAR schedule in the future, so without further ado, let's get to it. We witnessed the beginning of a new era for Atlanta Motor Speedway with the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500. 500 miles, a very long race. Should it have been 500 miles? Personally, I don't think so. But the guy who was able to win after all of this was William Byron taking home another win for Hendrick Motorsports. This makes three wins for them so far this season out of five races. Then you have Ross Chastain coming in second. A very good weekend for him. Another top five, top ten finish for him. This makes three so far this season for the young driver. Then in third place, we had Kurt Busch who I don't know how he does it. He's able to somehow make it into the top 10 after having a pretty crappy overall race. So it's pretty good from veteran driver Kurt Busch. Then in fourth, Daniel Suarez, another young driver that we've been talking about for the past few weeks. Another top 10 finish for Trackhouse, the whole organization, not to mention, like I said, Ross Chastain earlier on when we were talking about our results. They're both doing really well for Trackhouse Racing and possibly, in my opinion, could be playoff contenders. I think one of them are bound to win at some point. Then to round out the top five, we have Corey LaJoy. A, a shock, I feel like, in a top five finish, but very good for him and his team at Spire Motorsports. Then rounding out your top ten is Chase Elliott in sixth. Chris Buescher finishing in seventh position. Very, very good for Roush Fenway-Koslowski racing again. He's kind of carrying the team at this point. Then we have Martin Truex Jr. in eighth, the only Toyota to really have benefit from this race at all. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Ninth is Joey Logano for Penske, another guy who kind of carried his team this weekend after Ryan Blaney had a very successful day. And then at the end, of course, bad luck hit him again, and he was taken out at the end after colliding with Chase Briscoe and Bubba Wallace in an incident on the very last lap. And then rounding out the top 10 and 10th is Alex Bowman. Talking about the stages here, something interesting I noticed, you might have noticed this too, but last week's race at Phoenix, we had Blaney finishing in stage two, P1, and Byron finishing stage one, P1. And the same thing happened this weekend with Byron taking stage one and Blaney taking stage two. Of course it was under caution, but regardless, the stats still lined up, which was pretty cool for me. Something else important to note about these finishing results, the above the yellow line rule was in effect for this weekend, though it wasn't exactly a yellow line. The rule still applied, and unfortunately, it did snag a victim with Christopher Bell. He was taken from his second place finishing position on the last lap when NASCAR deemed that he moved below that line to advance his finishing position. Therefore, he was given a 23rd place finishing position for the weekend. Then we have to look at the DNFs, you guys, and a lot of these were tire issues, and of course we had a big wreck at the end of the race on the last lap coming to the checkered flag, but 12 drivers did not finish this race, which for me, this made sense for a super speedway, but it was a little bit more than I expected. And this took out some pretty big names. We have Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, um, even Cindra Kyle Bush was taken out, had a really frustrating day, but took out some really good names, and unfortunately Noah Gregson making his start with College Racing, unfortunately did not finish this race very early on. I believe it was 25 laps and he ended up wrecking, so it was unfortunate there. But we'll talk about this when we go down the line talking about our segments for this race, but the main concern for this race was the Chevy tire issues. But like I said, we'll get to that, but the stats for this race regardless were 11 caution flags and 46 lead lap changes, which was pretty impressive. 
As always, after we look at the finishing position of the drivers, we have to look at how the above Vela Line crew finish in their point standings. For me, somehow, someway, I am still winning with 16 points, though I didn't have the best pick of the weekend. The best pick of the weekend, actually, after it was all said and done, went to Dom Joseph, who desperately needed points, gaining four points for the weekend with Kurt Busch as his pick. Second place for the weekend was Adam with Joey Logano as his pick, finishing with 11 points this weekend, so now Dom and Adam are tied. Then I had Ryan Blaney for the weekend. He would have been the winner for the weekend. He would have, but of course we all know it didn't work out on the last lap, but I have 16 points. And Brandon Lowe unfortunately lost out this weekend as his driver did not finish this race, Kyle Larson. So he is with 13 points after this weekend. Now it is time to award the LVP and MVP of the week for us here at Above the Yellow Line. As always, we start with our negatives and we move to our positives. So for me, the LVP of the week has to be Denny Hamlin, another DNF race, very low in the point standings. We'll talk about that in a few minutes, but the guy needs serious help. And if you have drivers like Daniel Suarez, Ross Chastain, Tyler Reddick, um, just coming up from the ranks, young drivers, trying to take those spots from the veteran drivers, Denny Hamlin has a less and less chance of making up ground. He's going to do it. It just is a matter of how close is he going to be to making the playoff cutoff line and how quickly can he turn this all around for Joe Gibbs Racing and his team. So Denny Hamlin is my LVP of the week. Now for the MVP. I struggled with this one a little bit, not because there wasn't good choices, but because I felt like there was a lot. There was no car that truly dominated the whole day as a super speedway race kind of happens. But the guy who was there when it mattered was William Byron. So William Byron, congratulations. You are the above the line MVP of the week for excellent strategy at the end of the race. Honestly, I was a little concerned. He was leading the race towards the end getting a lot of fuel out of the car just because he was in the front of the pack. That means he burns a lot more fuel than the guys right behind him. But luckily they caught a caution and it really saved him there. So timing worked in his favor, but I mean, he was able to strategize with those last race starts as well. So congrats to William Byron on a great weekend and for being the MVP of the week. Before we close out our recap of the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500, we have to go down the line looking at the events that took place this weekend. Some really touchy topics here. First, I want to talk about these tires. Now, I was tagged in a comment, yo, what's up with these tires? And I'm not a mechanic. I've said this millions of times. I'm not Goodyear. I don't make the tires. But what is wrong with the tires? It took out three Chevy drivers, I believe. We had Tyler Reddick, Ross Chastain having a tire down, and I think Stenhouse too, as he was leading the race. Same incident over and over. It literally was a repeat of itself with each of those drivers. Tires went down. Wasn't a good situation, so why the Chevys? I honestly don't know. Um, if you know, let me know in the comments below, but I think for me personally, where I see the tires having issues is they're bigger, right? That means they have more surface area, so there's more room for them to get popped or for them to get caught on something. And obviously if you have more surface area, it leaves more room for error. So when the tires are smaller, they're more compact, which means they're a lot stronger. They're more durable in my opinion, but obviously, like I said, I'm not a mechanic. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's my take on it. So maybe after five points paying races, seeing how these tires are not doing well, NASCAR really needs to get with Goodyear and really look these tires over. Finally, let's talk Joe Gibbs racing. It's been a topic of discussion here on the show as they have not done well. Kyle Busch did not finish this race after getting into it with Denny Hamlin sandwiching a car in between them, turned him sideways, did not finish the race. And then Denny Hamlin still looking for his very first, you guys, very first top 10 of the year, DNFing three out of the five races so far. Really not good. Not to mention he is 26th in driver points right now, which is shocking. And quite honestly, 
I don't want to use the word embarrassing because I feel like that's harsh, but it's just bad luck. He has not had good luck. And obviously a few weeks ago, he broke a transaxle after shifting into a wrong gear. So he, you know, was a fault of his own. He admitted it, but really not good for that 11 team. And of course, as I mentioned, Martin Truex Jr. salvaged the race for the organization, finishing eighth. And then I already talked about Christopher Bell, the above yellow line rule. So it didn't work out for him either. But I want to talk about this specific comment from a Dustin Long interview that he posted to Twitter following Kyle Busch's exit from the race. Take a listen. Can, can, can you talk about what happened with the This type of racing is it making you more an entertainer than a driver? Yep. You like this version of Atlanta better than the old one? No. The specific comment I want to focus on is the driver or entertainer aspect of this. Right now, with two Atlanta dates, we now have what six super speedway races on the schedule. And for me, that's a little too much. I love these races and hate them. For me, the train, the choo-choo racing that we talk about gets a little boring, but the endings are so exciting. But I understand where Kyle Bush is coming from. When you put drivers in this situation, it makes it harder for them to be more predictable for their sponsors, for their team. So I do agree with him here. They're being more entertainers than they are drivers, and that makes their job extremely hard. And I understand why he's frustrated because this does not allow them to be drivers. It allows them to be kind of the butt end of a bad joke, quite honestly. At these super speedway races, these drivers are almost collateral damage. They don't know if they're gonna make it to the end. They're like, well, I hope I make it to the end. Like at every pre-race interview, and you hate that for these drivers because they're putting so much money into these cars. The smaller teams don't have the money to really rebuild these cars as much as, you know, the Hendricks or the Joe Gibbs or the Penske's or the Stewart Haas Racings. So you really feel for these smaller teams, but you also feel for the veteran drivers who are like, I don't know if I'm going to win this weekend or not. I don't know if I'm going to finish the race. So my whole thing is I agree with Kyle Busch here. They're really put in the entertainment role in this position. And I honestly don't know if we need to have this many super speedway schedules, tracks on the schedule, quite honestly. Let me know your thoughts on that in the comments below. But now we got to go to different thoughts, rating this race above or below the yellow line. I'm going to start with your comments, though. From our Twitter poll, 94 of you voted. So thank you so much for that. 35% of you said great, 34% said good, 10% said okay, and 21% said meh, it was bad. So lots of variety in these ratings, and here's what you had to say. Gabe said, meh, just because the cars are bunched up together doesn't mean it's good racing. Adam Lucas had a gif. He said, I didn't, meaning I didn't like this race. Kyle had a good response. He said, I voted great, and here is why, giving the reason. I appreciate that. NASCAR is not the same as it used to be. NASCAR wants to have competitive racing, half the field led a lap, and they want close finishes, one off the last lap with solid driving. As someone who doesn't like the strung out driving, this was much better in my opinion. We had close racing and I didn't think the tires were an issue like they had been. The issue today was certain cars bending the rule book to max out the car and went too far. The tire was fine. Yes, it is super speedway, but NASCAR needs new fans too. Very interesting opinion, Kyle. I, I don't know if I agree with all of it, but I do agree with the fact that NASCAR needs new fans and I don't like the turnout racing either. So you got me there. James said the drivers are flat on the floor with the throttle. It's probably not that fun for them. Byron came up using the iRacing and that's who helped design the track layout. So no surprise he did well. Very good point, actually. That's something I should have recognized, but totally didn't. 
And then finally, Drew said, I would have voted great, but really feels like it should have been a 400 mile race. That with you, Drew, I agree with. So those were your opinions, the opinions of one of our own Adam Lucas. Here's mine. I really liked what I saw. Controversial, I know, but hear me out. This was a little bit better than Daytona for me. Um, Talladega, I'm curious to see how that works when we get there. But this race was exciting. It needed to be shorter, though. I feel like the stakes would have been raised if this race was 400 miles or 350 miles instead of the whole 500, because that just stretched it out for me. But tires was still an issue that docks this race, and it will until it gets fixed, quite honestly, because it breaks up the action. But I liked what I saw. There was many passes for the lead, which was something I was really scared about going into this race as we saw the truck series and the Xfinity series race there wasn't really a lot of passing for the lead but then these drivers full throttle into the turns and also that turn into turn one was so sharp I don't know it was it was so incredible for me I have to give this race hmm you know I'm gonna give this race in 85 percent it feels a little high but I really liked what I saw now I, I mentioned all the problems I had with this but to be honest I was really entertained I liked it let me know in the comments below what you would rate this race. I'm sorry if I if I don't agree with you, but I think in the future this will be a really good new setup for Atlanta. Is it the old Atlanta? No, it's not. I wish we could have both coexisting side by side, but we can't. So I'm going to miss the old Atlanta, but I hope this is a promising future for Atlanta Motor Speedway with our new Super Speedway for Atlanta. So now it's time to look ahead to Circuit of the Americas for the Echo Park Automotive Texas Grand Prix, starting with your track facts. The track length for Circuit of the Americas is 3.4 miles around with 20 turns. The race length is 68 laps or 231.88 miles if we're going to be exact here. Stage 1 is 15 laps, stage 2 is 17 laps, and the final stage will be 36 laps. Now it's time to line up our odds and guys, I'm going to tell you right now, there is nothing interesting here with our odds because this will only be our second race at Circuit of the Americas. So of course the last driver to win at the track, the driver with the most wins, best average finish, yada yada yada, is going to be Chase Elliott for all of those. The team with the most track wins is going to be obviously Hendrick Motorsports and the manufacturer wins Chevrolet has won. Since we're on the subject of Chase Elliott here, there's a very specific stat that I want to talk about. You all know it. Hendrick Motorsports, three of its four drivers have won races so far. We have Alex Bowman at Auto Club. We have Kyle Larson at Las Vegas. Now William Byron at Atlanta. Will we see Chase Elliott win this weekend? My prediction is maybe, but you also have to remember we have Austin Sindrick to look at. Coming into the Cup Series, obviously a very good road course racer. I see him being competition, not to mention Kyle Larson being competition. But very important for Chase Elliott here. We might be like, oh, he's the worst driver at Hendrick Motorsports right now, whatever. He might be because he doesn't have a win. But he is leading the point standings, you guys. So we can't leave that out. Looking at the point standings, Chase Elliott is in first, Joey Logano in second, and Chase Briscoe in third. Obviously, we are only five points paying races in, so this is going to shake up a little bit, but nevertheless, Elliott, regardless of not having wins, has been able to stay on top of the point standings. Now, we have to remember, when he won the first Coda race, it was rain-delayed, and if it would have gone farther, he would have run out of fuel and would not have won. So, luck played on his side for that one, but we have to remember, he's good at road courses, so... If he does well this weekend, I don't think I'll be worried for Chase Elliott for the remainder of 2022. I think he's just a guy that gets slow started and then towards the middle end of the season, he picks up the wins. But if he doesn't do well this weekend, I will be concerned. And this has to do with consistency from his pit crew and consistency from him as a driver. It also has to do with a lot of luck. But will we see Chase Elliott win this weekend? Let me know in the comments below. But I think he's not a bad bet. At least put him in your fantasy lineup for sure. 
Now let's close out our preview with our two watch to worry, picking two drivers to watch, two drivers to worry about. This weekend, we're sticking with Jughead's Racing to worry about, specifically Denny Hamlin. He has to pick it up, right? He has 26 endpoint standings. If he doesn't pick it up soon, I will be devastatingly concerned for that team. He always tries to turn it around somehow, but he needs to do well this weekend. He has to. I know road courses are not his favorite, but... For instance, his teammate Christopher Bell, someone I will also be worried about, I think he has the chance to have a good weekend. He is pretty good at road courses. For instance, last year he won on the Daytona Road Course, his first win in the Cup Series coming very early in the season. So I think at least Christopher Bell has a good chance maybe of turning around what happened last weekend for him. But again, I'm going to be worried about Jacobs Racing as a whole. Now the drivers to watch, I already mentioned, Chase Elliott and then Austin Sindrick, two guys that are very good at road courses. I want to see Sindrick do well this weekend. Getting some more consistency on his side and Chase Elliott, I want to see a win. I want to see him match his teammates. I at least want to see him come in second or have a really good and decent showing, dominating the race at least if he can. But those are going to be my two guys to watch and to worry this weekend at CODA. Guys, there is still a lot I need to know from you. What did you think of the new configuration of Atlanta Motor Speedway? Let me know in the comments below. Also, who are your two watch and two worry for this weekend at CODA, Sunday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time? Let me know that in the comments below, too. And with that, we are done with this episode of Above the Yellow Line, the show where we talk all about the NASCAR Cup Series. To find out more from us here at Above the Yellow Line, make sure you follow us on our social media pages on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. For the latest news from NASCAR F1 and now IndyCar, of course, Adam Lucas just announced that he will be running our IndyCar coverage for Above the Yellow Line. So make sure to follow Dom Joseph underscore track limit underscore for our Formula One coverage on Twitter and to follow at A-T-Y-L-N-T-I on Twitter, which will cover our IndyCar coverage. All of this linked in the description below, but before you check that out, make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share this with your friends and family, and guys, thank you so much for supporting us here at Above the Line, and until next time, we'll see ya.